Good evening. Maundy Thursday is celebrated by many Christians around the world, but the term is unfamiliar to some. It is Maundy Thursday, as in Mandatum Thursday. Mandatum is the Latin word for command or to mandate, referred to in John 13 when Jesus commands his disciples to love one another even as he has loved them. His greatest example of love is about to be demonstrated on the cross. Throughout the Gospel of John, with each passing scene, we're preparing for Jesus' suffering. Jesus is the servant who would be glorified, but first, he must be crucified. Before the crucifixion of Jesus, let us pay attention to this key trial, the trial of Jesus and its role in redemption. Pilate asks the question, What is truth? Our answer to this question is important. Truth matters. Pilate asks the question, we cannot dismiss it. The details and the events in the Gospels were planned by God to reveal His will then and His will for us today as we comprehend who Jesus Christ is. So let us meditate on this key moment leading up to the cross in John's Gospel. Tonight, as we have gathered in the midst of Holy Week, we reflect on Jesus Christ, the Holy One, and His kingdom to come. The kingdom of God is God's people in God's place under His rule. The kingdom begins with the birth and the ministry of Jesus, and it continues by the Holy Spirit taking the word of Christ into the entire world through the followers of Christ. So now, as the body of Christ, Jesus' unique identity guides our hearts even today. His kingdom shows us eternity, and this is in sight even as we meditate on the reality of his life-changing death. Thomas Watson, a Puritan of old, said this, Death breaks the union between the body and the soul, but perfects the union between Christ and the soul. Christ's death does not diminish the kingdom. It is part of the kingdom of God, a kingdom that is everlasting and is built on the one true king. Jesus, the true king, he stands before Pilate in our passage, and Jesus is being questioned by Pilate. We've all been questioned over something we have said or have done, but none of us has faced questions with such grave consequences as Christ did in this moment. While this passage may qualify as a conversation, it's anything but casual as a back-and-forth exchange hinges on accusations that lead to Jesus' execution. Pilate, the Roman prefect or governor, has obviously a sticky situation in his hands. He's in a position of authority, and he has a responsibility to examine the charges that were brought to him against Jesus. In these six short verses, there are questions that loom large. At first, Pilate calls Jesus into his headquarters to ask the question of the hour. The question is, are you the king of the Jews? A question that has major implications. But Pilate is not concerned with religious accusations. He's concerned with his role and responsibility as it relates to Roman law. 
Pilate's conversation does not begin with personal inquiry. But as the passage continues, it becomes more personal. Back to the question at hand, Pilate says to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus responds, as he does on multiple occasions, with his own question. He replies, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say this to you about me? The penetrating question posed by Jesus is not an attempt to evade the question. He draws Pilate into the picture with his thoughtful question. Yet Pilate carefully and politically responds to Jesus. If you're unacquainted with this passage that you hear, they're hearing tonight for the first time, or perhaps for the first time, it might seem like Jesus is questioning Pilate instead of Pilate questioning Jesus. Perhaps Pilate feels like he's on the defense and in the hot seat, so Pilate turns the tables and puts Jesus back in the spotlight. Again, in verse 35, Pilate says, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Pilate does not care about Jewish laws and regulations because, again, he is not a Jew. It's like Pilate is saying, your own chief priests have delivered you over to me and told me of who you are, so you must have done something. You hear the impatience in Pilate's question when he asks, what have you done? The interrogation of Jesus continues. Pilate seeks to find out if Jesus is a threat to Rome, a threat to his own power. Jesus seeks to testify of the truth and to make clear that he is not merely like one of the king's of this world. Pilate asserts his authority over Jesus, but Jesus reminds Pilate later that his own political authority is not without restraint. In John 19, Jesus says, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Pilate's role is significant as one who judges and has authority, but even his authority is under the sovereign authority of God. Pilate's authority is given by God and is used by God to accomplish his perfect redemptive plan. Jesus' literal life is on the line, but Jesus declares his allegiance is not to an earthly ruler, but rather his allegiance is to his heavenly Father. Throughout the Gospels, the kingdom of God is a prominent theme. And now here, Jesus refers to the kingdom that has been introduced and is coming. Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. The power Pilate seeks to protect is not what Jesus has come to take hold of. If King Jesus wanted to fight the Jews and pursue worldly power, he would have no problem overcoming their accusations and defeating his enemies. But Jesus does not come looking to implement an earthly reign as an earthly king. This is the political level Pilate reasons from. This is why Pilate responds to Jesus by saying, So you are a king? We're tempted to shake our heads in disbelief. How could Pilate not get it? We too have questions. Questions of doubt. Questions of despair. 
Yet we find our answers, and more importantly, God Himself in Jesus Christ. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus has used statements describing His own identity with I am statements. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is not only the truth, we read that he bears witness of the truth before Pilate, in creation, and as we will see on the cross. Now Jesus uses Pilate's question to reveal his divine mission. Jesus says to Pilate, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. While companies craft purpose statements in an effort to please their clients, Jesus' purpose is to please who? God the Father. How does Jesus please the Father? By declaring the truth, by living and dying for the truth as the one who is the truth. Throughout history, there have been corrupt kings who suppress the truth in an effort to promote their own power. Pilate's kingdom is built on violence, oppression, and war. Jesus' kingdom is built on justice, mercy, and peace. Jesus does not come to establish his kingdom by force. He comes to reveal a kingdom planned by the Father. But Pilate is unaware of such plans and is frankly disinterested in Jesus' mission. Pilate just wants an answer to his questions. So he asks one more question in regards to Jesus' testimony about the truth. He says, cynically, what is truth? Pilate was known for avoiding and distorting the truth by removing those who got in his way. Yet he cannot avoid the truth as Jesus stands before him now. Pilate's philosophic question, what is truth, does not reveal the heart of a seeker. His question reveals the heart of a people pleaser. In our day and time, there are many who cynically question the objectivity of truth. Many say, you believe what is true for you, and I will believe what is true for me. But such logic cannot coexist. There is truth, and his name is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the truth who reveals to us the true king and the kingdom of God. This is why we must pay attention to Jesus' words earlier in the Gospel of John when he says, Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You can trust him. Do you? As Jesus is about to breathe his last, hope does not fade. We long for a new day when all will be made new. Jesus, the King of Kings, comes to declare the truth as the truth of a kingdom that has come and is coming. With the cross in view, the night is getting darker. But with the promises of God unfolding, we know a brighter day is coming. Would you pray with me?
Lord God, thank you for revealing truth to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for showing us the kingdom. Thank you for your promises. We pray, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.